friends, and welcome in to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Week 9, we got waivers for you. I'm Chris Welsh. That is Jake Seeley. My voice, a little bit a little bit hoarse there, if that's the term they use, Jake, because I was at the World Series last night with the worst result of all time, Jake. So hopefully you can... Do I sound... I feel like I sound so much different than normal. <laughs> you sound... What do you mean the worst of all time? Why was it the worst of all time? Because I lost and I went to it and I spent all the oh. money and I... It was, <laughs> that was the worst. That, that that was my representation of the worst of all time. No big deal. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just because you went. And Just because I went and... Um, you know, but you still got to see a World Series game live in person. I mean, that's... I did. Did you know, so, by the way, you know how they do yeah. now? You can't like get physical tickets, but you can order them after. It was $40 just to order your ticket. So you have a physical, physical ticket in person. I was like, <laughs> what are we doing here? What a, what a great scam. Sucker is what you're telling me. I didn't buy it yet. And they oh, lost. Okay. So now I don't think I want to, but. Uh, what a what a what a scam! What a scam that it was. But uh, there were some football players out. Larry Fitzgerald was out into the crowd, and that was fun. But you know the game was stupid, so that's why we focus on football. We got waivers for you. Jake's article is out over at the Athletic. So if you are not a subscriber, you should be. So go over to theathletic.com, subscribe today, or if you go over to the X, you can uh, go to All In Kid. You can click on the article and you can sign up today. And you can have access through and through. When do you think you will? And I know your answer will be never. But when do you think the time will be where you start using X more than Twitter? <laughs> never. I actually, no. when you said it, I was like, what? Never. Yeah, I know. I could see it in your face that you were like, Ugh. like, I don't do it often either because I don't really like it. I don't know if I'll ever get there. But I know they're and trying. I still send you stuff like so uh, one of the reasons i even did the blue check is because of the traffic you know i get like ten dollars a month by having a blue here you go so it pays for itself and i get a free two or three dollars on the side but from that traffic from i guess there's some type of ad revenue sharing or whatever it is but when they send you the email it'll be like you've been paid thirteen dollars it's like x formerly known as twitter like it even says it I in know. the email I like they the include formerly known as twitter like what are they going to even stop doing that because nobody like acknowledges it I don't I don't understand it. I don't I don't get any of that. But uh, also happy Halloween to everybody. We're recording this. This is the Halloween, the spooky edition, Halloween edition, which uh, I did take take up some of your candy takes from last week, Jake. Um, I didn't know. Uh, you know what? I, I think the worst one was because I, I don't blame anybody for hating candy corn. I don't have an affinity for hating candy corn, but it was the nerd gummy clusters being the number one candy and i was just like what that was the most out-of-pocket one i think i had i did not expect that from you what what is have the origin had of them? them yes i have had them my kid is that they're wretched they're the most amazing candy in the world you're the most worst human in the world <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they are actually you're the only person who's ever said this you're like you're just terrible you're a terrible they're almost <laughs> not edible like you eat it and you you literally just chomping into sugar it's there's no flavor to them there's no flavor you're out of your damn mind I don't You're know. Wrong. Maybe, maybe it's not the same things. Maybe I'm, I'm not having the same thing. So I don't know. I, I do like gummy things, but uh, something's wh- wrong with Chris Welsh. I, yeah, there, there definitely is. So uh, happy Halloween to everybody. I will be out <laughs> trick or treating with my kids. I know Jake is going to be out trick or treating, just absolutely stealing gummy clusters from all the kids 
around like the Grinch just going out. Getting I only have open. one at this point. The, the other two are too little. This was fun about my sister having to oops third is that we have the gap now and she's four. So now that the 13 and the 16 don't anymore, we still get to keep going. Do you take uncle tax? Because we have parent tax from kids. Are you allowed to do an uncle tax? We just share. And there's no tax. Like oh. I even sit there. And she, I was like, can I have this one? She's like, okay. And then, but like, you know. Oh, so you do it all nice and stuff? No. So yeah. You, you're supposed to go as you go. All right. Well, uh, 25%. That is the parent tax we're going to have to take uh, for taking you out today. And it's a law, you know, or you go to jail if you don't pay your taxes. That's what you got. You got to teach your kids early. You go to jail if you don't pay your taxes. So. Um, oh, see, I taught my niece sharing. So they just, I actually was a good uncle. That's what mm, you're telling me. Okay. Well, I'm a, I'm a parent, so we're, we're not going to play nice like that. We're like, nope, <laughs> it's taxes and tough, tough love that we're going to have here. So uh, happy Halloween to everybody and all the spookiness that was week eight. Cause it was, wasn't great. A lot of injuries. We're going to be talking about what you should do in waivers this week, but let's kick it off with some news and some of the scaries. Like I said, were those injuries because we know now that Kirk cousins, it was uh, confirmed MRI confirmed torn Achilles, Kirk cousins out for the season. It is not only Halloween. It's also the NFL trade deadline today. You and I are in a weird spot because we're recording before the NFL trade deadline. The trade deadline is also not like major league baseball or NBA where there's like crazy big stuff. There are quarterback things looming. There was this like famous Winston one that could happen. So I guess the big thing I'm curious at your take on knowing that there might be a quarterback move coming or whatever, even if they don't, What's the fallout for the Vikings positional players in your mind now that Kirk Cousins is gone? It depends on who the quarterback is, because if they did something like trade for Jameis, which would be excited about for fantasy purposes, uh, there'll be a little bit more downfield. But if they stick and uh, stay with Jaron Hall and see what they have in Jaron Hall, well, then this is actually good for Jordan Addison and KJ Osborne because Jaron Hall doesn't have a big arm. What we knew about him going into the draft that he's good in short and intermediate area. I said this yesterday on Pat Mayo's show. He's basically inverse Will Levis. Is that he's great in the short intermediate game. He's going to throw people open in the space. You ask him to throw downfield, you're going to have problems. You ask him to throw strong to the sidelines, you're going to have problems. And so that's just who he is. So if they play, I know this is a cliche term, but the game manager, when game manager usually classifies short area passers who hopefully don't turn the ball over and just keep the chains moving. Let's look, I kind of define it. That's fine for Addison and KJ Osborne. The bigger thing would be if it's Winston, then, you know, Winston played a lot safer than he was. And I'm just throwing like a name out there. Josh Dobbs, I think would be kind of the most unknown because he's got more aggressiveness like Winston, but he's also, you know, have games. <laughs> Barkley's really upset Barkley, about this. Like heard Josh Dobbs and was like, nope. <laughs> no, no, I do not. Want, not. I do not want Josh Dobbs on this team. Uh, he'll be the most volatile. Like you could get a game out there where he throws for 150 yards, zero touchdowns. And then, but Winston, I think played safer, but he still has more downfield ability than Jaron Hall. So like, there's a lot of factors that play here. It sounds like they might lean towards Hall, which means it'll be fine. And scoring offense, probably not as high running backs affected, but I mean, I think that they'll at least Addison still be in play as a wide receiver three, maybe not a wide receiver two, like he's been. Okay. So that, so you were talking very positive there and I was like, really? But then you I think you got to the point where I was like, oh, yeah, there no longer is Addison in the wide receiver two range, probably more like a wide receiver three Osborne, maybe wide receiver three wide receiver four. If Hull is it, if Winston's a quarterback, it's a little bit better and it's a bit, you know, it's not not that it's a one for one. 
I, I put him close. Like I'd be a high end three on the cusp of talking about wide receiver two. Yeah, I think I think Addison could live in the wide receiver two range on a good matchup, but we also don't know how long it's going to take. So it just it's a, it's a bummer because it's um it's a downgrade um where whatever you do on some pretty good offensive weapons and just the hits just kept on coming. So we'll see what happens with the trade deadline. Uh, speaking of Josh Dobbs. What we were talking about there is head coach uh, Jonathan Gannon apparently has benched him. He is out. They said they watch film and they're done. And that means either Clayton Toon will start week nine or we could have Kyler Murray back. So Kyler Murray will take over once healthy. So it's it's either going to be like one week of Toon or Kyler's just going to jump back in there. I don't know if there's a like a peace conversation about the other guys. Trey McBride just had a huge breakout performance, 14 targets. I think it was Marquise Brown is a semi-viable fantasy option at this point. Connor will be back. I guess at some point we, if Clayton tune is the quarterback versus Kyler Murray, again, talking about the options, what's your take uh, on the Cardinals pieces? I have that similar to kind of the situation with the Vikings, but it's just one week. So like, I mean, I really don't even care that much. It's just that, you know, I still want McBride for the rest of the season as a potential tight end one. I'd take Dalton Kincaid over him. And I think Marquise Brown is still going to be a boomer bust play. I have excitement for Michael Wilson once Murray's back. But for just one more game of just getting a little look at Clayton Toon, I think you're obviously keeping everybody in the Josh Dobbs range, maybe knocking him down just a little bit because of the uncertainty. But I think this is more like I know people have already asked and said, oh, you know, Clayton Toon, are you still excited about Trey McBride? Yeah, this is one week and we Kyler Murray back and Trey McBride is going to be an option for whoever is at quarterback. There's more risk now because it's Toon and he could fall flat in his face. But similar to the situation with the Vikings, he could just go out there and play safe and do like a 200 yards one in one game. And then, you know, McBride should be involved. So like I'm not I'm not panicking too much over one game of Clayton Toon. And they are on the road in Cleveland. So that's a brutal defensive matchup. Yeah, you were already going to, it's not like if you had Dobbs at quarterback, you were already going to be hesitant on their players anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And and take a young quarterback having a, a tight end in a really tough defensive matchup. I mean, that's, that's everything. They're not going to be going deep to Marquise Brown. That, that should be another double digit target performance for McBride. So, you know, goodbye, our. 2600 DK, you know, uh, prices on Trey McBride after this past <laughs> week. That's going to go by the wayside. So, Kyler Murray, but we, now when Kyler Murray comes back, is he, when he does, is he going to jump into like close to startable range for you just because of the legs and everything? Or is close it going to take startable? He'll just be startable, period. Look at the quarterback situation right now. This week is disgusting. Like, there's okay. So, like 12, so be a top 12 QB out the shoot. I think, well, let's see who we got on by next week. We got, yeah. Oh, by the way, Patrick Mahomes, Tua, Jalen Hurts, all on by next week. And Jeez. then if if Matthew Stafford's even healthy, which probably they are probably going to hold them. I would assume they hold them out this week because they have the buy next week. So you're down three definitive top five quarterbacks and then a potential fringe one. So now let's start having the conversation. Kyler Murray might be in the top 10 for his first oh my game. God. That's brutal. OK. Uh, also, one more quarterback piece. Will Levis. Will Levis, the new QB in Tennessee, was slinging the ball, made DeAndre Hopkins look good. I don't know how we get Tannehill back in there. So, uh, Will Levis' thoughts? Mm, he's Will Levis. Uh, check the link. <laughs> like they, That's exactly who Will Levis is. And people will look at the box score and the highlights and the next-gen chart that they had out there and kind of miss the fact that he was still Will Levis. Like, 
Those were broken big plays, and yes, he can flick the ball downfield with like just a flick of the wrist. Honestly, like it's just he snaps and that thing goes. But the problem is, is those aren't plays you're going to see every single week. Uh, Hopkins adjusted on one of those, and I'm not taking anything away from Will Levis outside of if you watch the entire game, he could have had three or four more completions if he didn't throw at feet behind the wide receiver in the wrong spot a contested pass that should have been that was knocked down in another one that should have been intercepted. There were still concerns. There were still the same concerns we knew about Will Levis when he came out of college. So the game doesn't surprise me. The only thing I would say is let's relax. We've seen other quarterbacks, Marcus Mariota, four touchdowns first game. Like, and it's like, Will Levis isn't a top 10 quarterback. I still have concerns, especially when teams, you know, face and bait him into potential plays. But that, that arm is always going to help him. I mean, that arm, like I said, you just get, if you had somebody like Tank Dell that was getting behind the defense every single play, I mean, you just flick that ball downfield. So there's good and bad. It wasn't all great. It wasn't all bad. It was a really good first performance. Lastly, this is a tough one because of the trade deadline, but, and it yeah, may not happen, may happen, whatever, but like, uh, can you imagine after everything we saw with Devontae Adams, him not getting out of Vegas? Like after this Monday night football performance and freak out and helmet slams and just embarrassment that he would be a Raider come Wednesday. I mean, I think he will be because I who's going to give up what's, like who's going to give up what it takes. I mean, wish the Niners would. I don't know, but <laughs> that that seems like a guy that's got to get out of there. Just really bad timing. Was it you that I saw on Twitter that said or X that said the deadline should be pushed? Because I kind yeah. of agree. I'm, I'm usually not in agreement on that type of stuff, but they added more weeks. And I don't know. This seems like they such added a, a bad week. Time. It, sh- it should be two more weeks is what I said. It should be pushed back till after either after week 10, before week 11, right around there. We should have two more games in the book. Every team should have at least nine games. Half the se- over half the season. It should have over half the season in check because look at all these teams that are still fooling themselves that they're in the race. Like there's so many Broncos. We're not touching anybody. Like really Broncos, even if you made the playoffs to really think that, you know, like it'll turn things around this quickly for all the question marks that you still have or the, all these teams like we're not trading anybody. We're not trading anybody like no, there's we could sit here and make a list of 10 teams. We know aren't going to be in the playoffs right now, but they're fooling themselves. And if you want a little bit more intrigue and action and things like that, it's already tough enough for the NFL to make trades because of like the salary crap restrictions. Just push it back two weeks. Yeah, the fantasy trade deadline is until Thanksgiving. Actually, like the week after Thanksgiving, because too many people are paying attention to holidays and stuff like that. Like Thanksgiving is the perfect week, but it's not the perfect week because everybody's focused on trying to travel short week, get out of here before Wednesday. And then you got three games on Thursday. So it should really be the week after like the next Wednesday. But I mean, I'm not saying go that far, but it definitely should be pushed back two weeks. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree with that, uh, that thought process and, it's kind of it's kind of a bummer that it's today. We could use a, time, a little bit more. You know, injuries start to pile up as the season moves on a little bit. So it'd be great to have just a little bit more season in play, so teams can make some more uh, concerted moves. You are going to be having to make some moves this week, maybe. Hopefully, there's going to be some impact. And Jake has got you covered with his waiver article uh, that is just like I said, it's the most robust out there. We're going to be going over it. Top five on RBs, top five on wide receivers. There are so much more so make sure that you are checking out that article and starting over at running backs we're going to kick this bad boy off this is interesting for me to see too because bogman and i were doing 
this kind of waiver dance to see who's out there and what the names are and going back and forth. And it's funny because your top five are all the same names we were talking about, but the order's going <laughs> to change. And I guess uh, the discerning factor here also is you work in the 60 below percentage because coming in at number one, I assume is kind of owned, but at the same time, he's just not because it's under 60. He still falls under the 60% threshold that, as you mentioned uh, in the article, is Chuba Hubbard. So he's your number one waiver wire this week after Miles Sanders just poof. He just doesn't really exist anymore. He's not a thing. <laughs> he's not. A th I don't know if they were just being safe in his first game back, but being safe in your first game back and getting out touched by Raheem Blackshear raises an eyebrow, especially when you look at the game, it didn't look like he was limited. I mean, again, we didn't get a, a ton of options to see, like, like evaluate, like, oh, he looks good, but, uh, it, mm, I mean, the usage doesn't look good. Even if he's the se I still believe he's the second man up right behind, but I say right behind is now he's behind Hubbard. I think I think Hubbard's the lead, and where it could probably be more like 60-30, obviously with Blackshear sprinkled in 10%. He's the backup plan. He's now one of the high-end backups. Put him in the conversation with like Tajay Spears and stuff like that. But that means Chuba Hubbard, until further notice, needs to be out there, especially for a team that continues to let other teams score, even though the Texans had a letdown game. So I think this one is interesting compared to number two, and I'm curious at how close they are because you put Amari DiMarcado, and I agree with this one. This is one that Bogman and I were fighting because you know a couple weeks ago he was like, oh, DiMarcado is nothing, blah, blah, blah. As soon as I saw this, the usage was high in that one game, but no touches, I knew it was going to bounce in the other direction. And just you could feel that it was going to go heavy demarcado as we moved on. And over the last two weeks, the carries have increased. The problem is, is James Conner is coming soon. So Chuba versus Amari, um, Amari DiMarcado, how far off are they from 1-2 on the RB waiver claims this week? A giant gap. like Okay, huge. so it is giant. Yeah, because Hubbard could be the guy for the rest of the year. Dave Mercado has the time clock of James Conner coming back. And while they probably won't give James Conner 70, 80 percent of the work because I mean, how many times he's he is yet. He, and then yet another one I can basically say it for his career, because this is part of his career. If he's done after this year, we can say he never played a full season for his entire career. He has yet to play a full season for his entire career and he gets hurt every single year. Uh, it's unfortunate because we'd love to see James Conner on a talent basis. but. I doubt that they start giving him that 70, 80, 85% workload like he was having before he got hurt just because Dave Mercado's got. If you did a granted, it was volume, but it was a volume game that a lot of running backs haven't been able to do against the Ravens, where if you perform like that, you deserve some of the touches. So it's a giant gap, but it's a giant gap because he's still going to get work, but it'll be the second piece of the work. Do you feel the same way? I mean, we're going to go through the names here in a second. So, but just as an overarching <laughs> before we get to them. Do you feel the same way about like Chuba versus the rest of the RBs we're going to talk about? Because there are some interesting like you could I, I guess I don't see a path maybe for any of them taking full season except for one. But is that why? So DiMarcado would be like a gap between all the rest of the guys we're going to talk about, right? Yeah. OK, so number three, this is the guy that now there could be some. It's Daryl Henderson. We had the Daryl Henderson versus Royce Freeman kind of battle. You know you've got Kyron coming soon. I thought Daryl Henderson looked really good in week one, but there's a lot of underlying stuff that work in favor of Royce Freeman. But there is the possibility that a guy like Daryl Henderson could take this job over from Kyron, which makes him a little bit more fascinating. So talk to us about um, Daryl Henderson coming in at three this week. I actually don't think he's taking the job over Kyron Williams. I think Kyron Williams comes back 
That's his job. I just don't know. Again, similar to James Conner, Tyron Williams, before he got hurt, was in the bell cow workload because, you know, Daryl Henderson wasn't on this team. Royce Freeman was on the practice squad. He was splitting with Ronnie Rivers. So now you have Daryl Henderson, who's looked good-ish. Royce Freeman's looked better carrying the ball. Daryl Henderson looks better in the passing game. Royce Freeman got the goal line carry. As of today, I would feel like Kyron Williams comes back as the lead and Daryl Henderson stays activated, stays active. Maybe Royce Freeman, too. And that's where they go. But I would say this is why Henderson falls into the same conversation as De Mercado for me. Is once the lead is back, they're now the change of pace, 30% timeshare piece. Do you think one of these guys could hit the axe when Kyron Williams comes in? Because one thing I've speculated on. Yeah, Royce Freeman. Uh, see, I I think there is even the slightest chance it could be Daryl Henderson because I don't know. I feel of like, course, but okay. I'm just saying if you told me between the two, like your, at least your you get bet the is passing on game. Yeah, okay. and you know what? Honestly, what it might come down to is who's the quarterback too, because if it's not Stafford, maybe you want a Royce to compliment Kyron versus a Henderson, or maybe vice vice versa. It just I can see either one of them getting the axe. Honestly, yeah, one of the. One of the more exciting, God, if if you put Zach Charbonnet on almost any other roster, you know, you go put him on these other ones, the Rams, put him on the Cardinals, put him on the Panthers. We'd be talking about the potential as Zach Charbonnet is getting more usage to take over and be a frontline back. The only problem is it's in Seattle where Ken Walker is there. But, you know, Petey Pete can change things on a dime. What we do know is Zach Charbonnet looks like the usage is going up to what helpful fantasy level that's i guess still up to be debate and that's probably why he's at number four and not any higher on the waiver list Mm, that's really what it comes down to is i don't i'm not going to sit here and say that this is definitively what's going forward is that we're now going to see a 60 40 split we have to remember kenneth walker was dealing with a calf injury all week and then got cleared taken off the injury report on friday but in a game that kind of went sideways it was against the browns he started off fine. Again, people remember that I had people tweeting me like, what happened? Ken Walker just had like three for 30 or whatever it was to start the game. Where did he go? Because he all of a sudden disappeared. Seahawks abandoned the run game really quickly for, you know, whatever it was matchup that they saw, um, whatever they thought was working. Charbonnet got mixed in more. Uh, so I do think Charbonnet is going to be involved. Like, and this is another one, like at this point of the season, if you have playoff aspirations, don't get your lead running back killed by giving him 30 touches a week. But uh, I don't think this is all of a sudden Ken Walker's losing, losing the job. Or I would still say Kenneth Walker's an RB1. He's just low-end RB1. I've always think thought of him as an RB1, a low-end. But with Zach Charbonnet out, he moved into that top half. And now with him back and healthy as well, he just moves into the bottom half. Like, Pete Carroll does this. Pete Carroll does like to seed some touches when he can. Do you think he could do crazy Pete Carroll stuff at any point? And maybe we see even more Zach Charbonnet, if you know what I'm getting mm-hmm. at? Uh, Kenneth Walker continues to be inefficient until this year. I kept saying that last year is he was inefficient where he should be good between the tackles, short yards, punching in the end zone. He got better this year. Like, there's like you watch Kenneth Walker this year. There's very little concerns. There's still some, he's not perfect. He's not the best running back in the NFL. He's probably not even top five, but he's in that next 10 conversation. Actually, probably even like next five or six conversation. Absolutely. So I don't think so unless Kenneth Walker gets hurt. Kenneth Walker is even nursing the calf again this week all the way up to game time. That's Pete Carroll when Pete Carroll would just be like, all right, fine. I'll just use the other guy. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, number five on the list, Justice Hill. Been on here, I think, quite a bit, I feel like. 
Um, what thoughts do you want to drop out with Justice Hill after a <laughs> no. gajillion touchdowns from Gus Edwards? No, there's just nothing left to say. He's timeshare in the Ravens' backfield. He'll get some yeah. work. He's just a guy. He's just a guy out there. Uh, guy nobody, in a situation. Nobody in Dumpsville this week. No, no dumpy dump. Because who the, are you are jumping we? at running back? <laughs> I don't know. We can figure somebody out, can't we? No, you can't. Not like, and I'm looking for at least forty percent rostered. Like maybe Antonio Gibson because I think he was at forty two percent. But like, I I had Gibson in Dumpsville like four or five weeks ago. I'm not going to repeat it. He's already been yeah. dumpable. Yeah. Who are you no dropping? Tell me. Look at the. Li- who are you dropping? Yeah, I was trying to think through it. I was I was trying to like go through the list. I was like, nope, nope, nope. Yeah. yeah there's exactly. really not. It's a bunch of nope. All right. So there's no Dumpsville. So let's go to wide receivers. Number one on the uh, wide receiver waivers. Only an emoji. You only get an emoji for this with Huffy Nose Tank Dell. Let's hear Tank Dell. More than Huffy Nose. No, there's there's nothing left to say. If you didn't pick him up by now, I don't want to tell you. It was a bad game. Houston offense didn't come out firing against the Carolina. It was one of the best matchups you could possibly find. CJ Stroud still made some really nice passes, but it was his worst game since week one. It was just an off week. Tank Dell. Here's all you need to know. When C.J. Stroud is under pressure, Tank Dell is going to have a big game. Isn't under pressure, to be clear. Tank Dell or Chuba Hubbard? Don't do like if you need a running back, blah, blah, blah. Just I was just about to say, up. in a vacuum? Yeah. Let's see. We got Houston, Tampa Bay. Mm, I'll take Tank Dell by a hair. Okay. All right. I think that's important for people. I, I think it's obvious when it's like, oh, I need a running back, blah, blah, I blah. I think but Tank Dell is top 36. Hubbard... Well, this is why, and you said don't do it, but I think Tank Dell is top 36. I think there's a world where all of a sudden Chuba Harbor is not the lead anymore. Like that possibility. I know Tank Dell's not going to lose his job as the number two wide receiver for the Houston Texans. There's a world where just Miles Sanders finally playing well again, all of a sudden it's back to a 50-50 split. And you can't use either because you can't use either Texans running back. You can't use either Vikings running back. You can't use all these backfields that you never know. And it's a split backfield and a terrible offense for what they do. Like the Houston Texans offense is fine, but when you have a split backfield in that offense, it's not the best. Like if this ended up being a 50, 50, if you told me right now, Carolina against Indianapolis this week, they're going to split their touches 50, 50. I wouldn't want to use either one of them. <laughs> I wouldn't either. I really wouldn't either. It would be desperation, especially if you you're playing to. out of a flex. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would to. rather tank. You'd have to no ETN, no CMC, no David Montgomery or Jameer Gibbs and no Javante Williams. You'd have to use one. <laughs> Yeah, it's not good. Uh, number two is a really interesting one, Demario Douglas. And this stinks because we lost Kendrick Bourne. Juju might be someone that pops back out, but let's hear about Demario Douglas coming in at number two this week because he has newfound uh, snaps in his future. Yeah, just really, there's nobody left. They lost Bourne, they lost Parker. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was still, what, third or fourth in wide receivers, even after that, he was behind the tight ends and then happened to get that touchdown. It just happens to do with the Demario Douglas was already there in waivers last week. He was just further down the list. He was down around the 10, 11, 12 spot. And when you clear out two and you become that top option, that's really all it is. I don't have a lot of faith, but this is how thin wide receiver is this week. Like all of a sudden wide receiver got thin. That's, that's the surprising part. Do you not, you don't think Juju pops up? No. And takes over Kendrick? No. Cole? Okay. I mean, just done. I mean, Patriots are not like someone we're looking to feast for fantasy options from in general. So it ha- it has to be somebody that Jalen Rager ran more routes than Juju Smith Schuster. That's yeah. all you need to know. Like, That's a good point. Maybe there's hope there, but I'm not chasing it. No. Uh, number three, Jonathan Mingo with Carolina. 
Adam Thielen is a freak and he's a monster and he is just a constant, but Jonathan Mingo is still floating out there. So uh, talk to us about Mingo. Mm, just it has to do with that. He's pushing DJ Chark now for that number two role, which is what we always hoped and that they see have happen. Uh, they run three wide a ton. Their snaps were, I think he had actually, he was the most just ahead of Thielen and DJ Chark by one. The problem is, and this is why he's still number three, is because Mingo has more upside, but DJ Chark still big play, gets four or five targets. It's not as much. Mingo's, like I said, pushing past him. But until one of those three gets cleared out, hopefully DJ Chark and it becomes the Thielen Mingo show. But we're still talking about the Carolina offense. We're still talking about Bryce Young, and he's not throwing 300, 350 yards. He's not throwing 51 times like Sam Howell. So there's still a cap. There's still a cap. When you have three wide receivers involved that much, and one commands 25% of it, it's just tough. So that really has to do with Mingo being here, as in he might be a fringe starter if you need him, but the upside of Chark gets hurt again. If Chark gets hurt and this clears out, Chark gets hurt every year, like he's already been hurt one time this year, then Mingo could be a top. You know, Mingo could be in the conversation of like uh, KJ Osborne, the next one, as like 35 to 40 range. What's the gap between Mingo and Douglas? Mm, half of what it was at running back. Okay, so it's still... Okay. So Tank Dell to Demario Douglas is the same gap of Douglas to Mingo. I feel like Tank Dell should be a bigger gap. And I feel like Douglas... I feel like Mingo has... I've, I want to say the upside over Douglas. Douglas might have the safety of taking over the Kendrick Bourne role. Like if you were playing for up... Not that like week nine, you're like, let's play for future parts of the season and red. But like the upside, I feel feel like is a better spot with Mingo than it is with Douglas. But no, that's, I mean, that's fair. It also comes down to what you want to chase. Yeah. If you, yeah, yeah. And that, that's a good, great Douglas, you know, if you want to just play the long haul, then yeah, Mingo does have the higher ceiling just on who Mingo is. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, number four, as you mentioned, KJ Osborne, uh huffy face. He's just, just again. Yeah. He's, he's a wide receiver four, and he's going to continue to be a wide receiver four. He's fine. Yeah. I wide receiver. I mean, when Kirk Cousins was there, he might have been a wide receiver three, and now he's wide receiver, nah, four. wide receiver four. Okay, number five, Jaden Reed. I have been with you on this one. Kirk Cousins or Kirk Cousins, uh, Jordan Love hates stinks. Christian Watson. He stinks. No, he's he awful. Stinks. He's he now he's the Green Bay Desmond Ritter, and that offense looks like a Falcons offense. But when the red zone comes, he looks at two guys. He looks at Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed. Every other point, he still doesn't look at Christian Watson. I'm I'm out on Christian Watson. I, I think there's a legitimate case Jaden Reed over Christian Watson rest of the season is in play. So two things here is one is you have the same assumption as Pat did yesterday. So I'm not saying you're on an island about yourself, about, but both you guys were wrong. Christian Watson had the most end zone targets of any Packers wide receiver in week eight. Four. The next closest was two. Yeah, see, that's wild. Yeah, that's wild to me. Like, he had Jaden Reed had zero. He had one in red zone. Or was it one end zone on non-red zone? I forget if he was in the end zone with that one play. But point being, Christian Watson led. It was four. Next, Like I said, next closest was two. You wouldn't know it, but if you watched the game, you'd see it, but you just wouldn't know it because the connection is not there. It's kind of similar, I will say, like the connection with Derek Carr and Chris Olave. That's not there. It's just they're not working together. Something's off. Uh, the, the, the placement's not there. The timing's not there. And one of those, like back with Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett, knowing where the receiver's planning to go and the receiver knows where the quarterback's going to be. They're just not on the same page. And when that comes down to the fact that Watson hasn't been healthy 
and he's missed too much time and they haven't been able to play together and that comfort's not there, which is understandable. Like, I go back to the beginning of the season, we joked about it. I thought Darren Olowski was out of his damn mind when he said that Jamar Chase and uh, Joe Burrow needed more practice together. Like, they've already practiced together for years. Like, they don't need more practice. They're two of the best in the league. They don't need more practice. His calf was not healthy. And then we saw, or leg or ankle or whatever it was, sorry, ankle at the time, he wasn't able to push off. This is different. They do need time together. Um, so Jaden Reed at the beginning of the year, I thought could pass Romeo Dobbs as the number two because of his talent. What's happening is what you just said. So the second part, the way, way long way of getting to your second part of the question is that I think there's a threat here now where Jaden Reed is pushing past Christian Watson. He's becoming the number two, just not for the person who I thought it was going to be because Dobbs is a safety, trustworthy one. And Reed has a big more play. Now, is Watson completely done? No. Am I dropping Christian Watson? Absolutely not. Talent is too good. But Jaden Reed needs to be picked up at this point just because this is a possibility. What happened with Jordan Love, too? Because I remember after like week. Nothing happened. Two or three. But everyone was like, like, because I was very dismissive of Jordan Love. And they're like, well, what about Jordan Love being like the third highest fantasy quarterback? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on. And he turned into Desmond Ritter. He just, he always was. That's a good comparison because Desmond Ritter's great game two weeks ago. Everybody was just like, was everybody always like, oh, he's top, top 12. Oh my God, look out for yeah. Desmond Ritter. No. But everybody did that week one for Jordan Love. Week two, Jordan Love was already terrible in week two. It's just the touchdowns were there. The touchdown rate, we go back. We talked about it. Jordan Love's touchdown rate was absurd. It was Matt Ryan 2016 where that's not going to continue. The flip side is if you want to make the argument is it's regressed past the mean. So he's almost gone like reverse to the other side now. Like, is he this terrible? Is he the worst quarterback in the league? No, but he was never that good. The touchdown rate was terrific. And in fantasy also got glossed over by the fact that some of the rushing, the rushing made his points better too. So it was passing three touchdowns on 180 yards. Uh, On the wide receivers, this one I loved that you did the unbreak my heart and we're not doing a dumpsville because I'm kind of here with you, but I also think it's a soft spot of like, I want this guy to be good. It's been bad all year, but it there's a little bit about him. There's a lot about him in the offense. Who him is, is Jahan Dotson. You were saying unbreak my heart here because Dotson had the big game we've been waiting for all season long. He hasn't pouted maybe sometimes on the field a little bit. He's just been doing his thing. Curtis Samuel banged up now, and Dotson really feasted. So is your heart unbroken now? At three out of five hearts, that's really what it comes down to. I, I love to give him five because I love John Dotson, but it just comes down to Curtis Samuel. It's 100% Curtis Samuel. If he's not 100%, if he isn't, for the game, John Dotson's in play as a wide receiver three or four, depending on your league. It really, look, the past three games, he's got, Dotson has, over 21% of the team targets when Curtis Samuel's not on the field because he's left games, not been 100%. It's 12.8 when Curtis Samuel is on the field. That's the thing. Sam Howell does not like him as much as he likes Curtis Samuel, and he goes to Curtis Samuel. And interestingly enough, that 21% probably could have been higher if it wasn't for the fact that he immediately started going to Jamison Crowder. Yeah, he did. They Crowder had like seven catches in that game. It was, it was ridiculous. So uh, this is why I'm only giving him three is because it's dependent on Curtis Samuel and it's still not a guarantee that he's the two. So it really comes, look, 21% of the targets targets on his routes versus uh, 10.9% with and without Curtis Samuel. He's got 13 for eight for 97 yards and a touchdown compared to six, five and 54 with Curtis Samuel out there. 
That's all it is. So in plays, and if you notice, as I said, not as a wide receiver two or three, he's in his play as a wide receiver three or four, if and only if Curtis Samuel is not 100%. Uh, some streamers, quarterback, Sam Howell, Daniel Jones, Will Levis. Those make the top three. I feel like we've seen the top two almost every week, but Will Levis getting into the top three QB streaming options if uh, you are in need this week. It could go completely south. It just has to do with the fact that maybe he's going to surprise. Maybe he's going to come out and hit the ground running and look great. I mean, that's really what it comes to. You know, I would take the chance. I would take the chance over some of the other ones behind him, and that's what it comes down to. It's just the upside. I, I could be like, I miss on quarterback a couple times. I miss on Bryce Young. I had him quarterback 18 of the preseason. I miss on quarterbacks week in and week out where like I'll have somebody at 17 and everybody else has him at 22 and then it's a bad game or vice versa or anything like that. It's like, oh, I had Derek Carr at 22 and he finished 14 this week. I don't want Derek Carr's. I don't want Jimmy Garoppolo's. I don't want Andy Dalton's if he gets traded. Like, I don't want those quarterbacks. If I'm playing the quarterback position, and you don't have to follow my trend, but this is why Sam Howell's been my top streamer all year long, and I've picked him up in leagues and played him all year long, even with the zero and even with the four, two terrible games mixed in there. I want the guy that could finish top 10. I want the guy that could get 20 points. I don't want QB 14. I never want QB 14. If you like that, don't start Will Levis. <laughs> like that's that that's what it comes down to. There's a risk that Will Levis comes out and looks like garbage this week against Pittsburgh. And on the tight end front, you put Trey McBride at number one, Taysom Hill and Logan Thomas. But you had a uh, you had a marker on there that Trey McBride should be considered in the permanent tight end spot. I, I mean, I kind of think Taysom Hill could be too after like three straight weeks of this. I thought there was a <laughs> chance Hill could be over McBride, but um, I think if you were balancing out like a top five waiver this week do you think trey mcbride could break your overall top five waivers when we look at the running backs and the wide receivers we talked about you're probably going tank and chuba yeah. at the top but trey mcbride probably sits in that range for being a starter maybe a top five yeah absolutely and these over Taysom hill just for the longevity of it like Taysom hill any given week they could finally stop with this juan johnson got his first game back wasn't involved a ton i thought juan johnson would be a bigger threat to Taysom hill's use uh, but any given week, they just might not need him. That's the biggest concern here. With Kyler Murray coming back, again, it's one week of Clayton Toon. McBride was, I go back to this, I talked about him last year. I stashed him on a couple teams last year, thinking the second half of the year it might happen. But Trey McBride was one of the best tight ends in last year's draft class. He would be alongside the name of Dalton Kincaid, alongside Luke Musgrave, and Sam Laporta. Like That's the talent level here, and it's finally happened because Zach Ertz is out. Yeah, uh, la just last little thing to add in here. You know, we're not going to do the whole thing because the trade deadline, but uh, the Bears did make a big trade. Already moved a second round pick. They, but if this was an IDP podcast, it'd be better uh, trading a second round pick for Montez Sweat. So uh, mm. making moves, see if there's Washington any other realizing. There you go. Really? Like they're not in it, even though they're in it. They're not in it. Yeah. Get a second round pick for Montez Sweat. So Bears uh, making some moves there. Trade Joe deadline. Sheen, by the way, a second and a fifth for. Or second and a fourth? For, was the second fourth or second and fifth? Uh, I don't know. They got a second yeah. rounder from Leonard Williams is all that matters. It's pretty to pull it, that off. That, so we now have two second rounders that have been traded, and uh, we got a little bit more to go. So we'll probably break all those trades down. Anything that's relevant on Thursday's episode. Me, Funston, will be breaking down the trades, breaking down the ranks because Jake Sealy's ranks will be dropping on the Athletic overnight depending when you're listening to this so you can see the entire big article what is the um the ancillary thing this week because you did candy last week are you gonna 
go right into November themed things? No, because the wife and I saw Aladdin the Musical on Saturday night, so it is the top 10 Disney animated songs, because if you incorporate all of Disney, and I'm going to put a note oh, in there. Oh, buddy. I, like, the theme song? Well, that's the difference, too. That's not even a song. It's a theme song. There's two different... That's different. But Pirates of the Caribbean's theme song, the instrumental, is one of the best songs oh, Wait, of all you're going to try to do theme songs? Not no, no, no. Like, no, that's what I'm saying. It's animated oh. songs from animated movies, so you don't include... Like, you could be like, well, Disney's under the... Or Star Wars is under the Disney umbrella now, but also, again, even if it was... The Star Wars song is a theme song. Like, Buddy, so it's you are so, going to get some like you <laughs> you've had some. I, I always love yours and I love like the, the the craziness that comes with it. You might get the most like like fighting on this one because there's some hardcore. I mean, there's some hardcore newer Disney animated versus the old school because I grew up with like, you know, old school Aladdin and stuff like that. But. I mean, you're going to get Frozen in there. Aladdin, you're going to get Aladdin, Moana Aladdin in there. Is the best soundtrack of all time. Yeah, I don't really necessarily the, disagree with that. I actually thought the Will Smith be did a good version three, of it. Yeah, there might be three Aladdin songs inside the top ten. Might be. I don't know. I haven't finished the list yet. Oh, man. I, I'm very excited to see. What the, are you going to put <laughs> uh, you gonna put Frozen in there? I mean, I think it has to. It has to. It has to. Like, but it would probably be it, too low. You got to get Moana. I mean, I think I, I think Moana what, actually might hand might can, be like I one can, of the sneakiest good I can ones. I can I can uh, I can tell you tell you one of the top three that like you know is it's from Mulan. From Mulan, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen Mulan, so I've seen every other one. So I'll send you the song because it's going to be stuck in your it's head. An earworm. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> go and check out the earworms and uh, fight. Uh, you know, fight like okay. Don't fight dirty. Uh, in all of that. So go check out that article, sign up today over at the athletic. You can get that. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. So you get notified when we are live again, because get another podcast coming with all the week nine ranks on Thursday. That's Jake Seeley on Twitter at all in kid. I am the Welsh. I'm so happy. My voice is still uh, active here at, is it the Welsh? We'll talk to you next time right here on the athletic fantasy football podcast. Go D backs.